The April 20th Mindful Parenting Retreat Day is filling up fast. Join me and other parents in Wilmington, Delaware for a day of rest and relaxation, mindfulness and mindful communication practices, and a live podcast too. And my special guest for the live podcast is, drumroll please, Lynetta Willis. You know her from episode 366 and 400. She is a psychologist and sought-after speaker who teaches her Triggered to Transformed program to struggling parents. Join us and bring a friend to this powerful day-long retreat in Wilmington, Delaware on April 20th, 2024. But hurry, space is limited. Go to mindfulmamamentor.com slash retreat to get your spot now. That's mindfulmamamentor.com slash retreat. This can be a really special time at home with your family. There's very few distractions on the outside. We're stuck together. If you can do it right, this can actually be a bonding time for you and your kids. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode number 212. Today, we're talking about how to survive being quarantined with your kids with Katherine Perlman. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark Fields, Mindful Mama Mentor. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have a strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting Membership, and I'm the author of Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confident kids. Welcome back to the podcast, dear listener. I am so glad you're here. And if you are new, welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so glad you are here today. Crazy times, huh? Oh my goodness. So as I record this, schools are closing around the country so kids can stay home and we can protect the most vulnerable in our communities. I have had to postpone the Mindful Mama retreat. It is now scheduled to happen on May 9th. And I've had to cancel an introduction to mindfulness class I've been teaching in my neighborhood. So it's been really interesting time. So you may be home and uh, there with all these schools closing, it's important to have a plan if you are home with your kids. Most of us are not used to endless hours alone with our kids. And I know you homeschooling parents, you might be uh, chuckling at us, but it's it can be a lot and it can be a big change for kids and it can be a lot of uncertainty. So I'm so happy to bring on Catherine Perlman, the family coach who offers some ways to get through this with your sanity in check and even even enjoy this. So who is she? Dr. Catherine Perlman is a licensed clinical social worker and founder of The Family Coach. She's also the author of Ignore It, How Selectively Looking the Other Way Can Decrease Behavioral is- Issues and Increase Parenting Satisfaction. And this episode offers tons of practical tips and down-to-earth advice on how to handle time at home with your kids. And there's some important takeaways I really want you to listen for, uh, how you know, having a regular routine really gives kids a sense of normalcy and how important it is for us to keep mealtimes and sleep times normal, but also that this is a time to break some rules, to lighten up a little for our own sanity, and it's okay for us to do this, and how important it is for us to, to share the load and also get our own needs met. That is very, very important. So I think that you are going to get so much out of this episode. I know that to be true for sure. Before we dive in, I want to let you know that I have a live free training that is online, not in person. They called the Unmartyr Yourself Challenge that is going to be starting on March 31st. And this is for you if you, you might put yourself last or you might feel guilty for self-care. And so in this training, you're going to learn to make time for yourself to speak your truth skillfully, and to improve your relationships without and thrive without ever feeling selfish. And as soon as you sign up for the free training, you're going to get this really eye-opening um, free gift I'm giving you, the 
unmartyr yourself self-care assessment and is really it can I have people have had some amazing ahas as they as they've used that self-care assessment so I invite you to join now and sign up at mindfulmamamentor.com slash unmartyr that's u-n-m-a-r-t-y-r you can also just go to the resources page on my website and there's a link there So I hope you'll join me for that. And if you're interested in taking this work further, deepening your your own thriving, deepening your own parenting skills, I am going to be opening up my group coaching program. It's a high-level group coaching program, just six people or less in a very small group. So I give you tons of personal attention. And if you're interested in learning more about that, go to mindfulmamamentor.com slash group coaching and that will be opening up soon okay on to this episode Catherine thanks so much for coming on the mindful mama podcast thanks for having me yeah it's so it's funny because it's so last minute we we were on uh, Facebook yesterday and people are talking about coronavirus and talking about being quarantined I have a friend who's uh, in Boston who is in isolation with her her is po- tested positive in isolation with her um, partner and her son. So these questions are rapidly, uh, rapidly becoming very, very relevant to all of us. And if they aren't relevant, relevant to the you, dear listener, now they probably will be um, maybe by tomorrow. So we're gonna. T- I'm gonna talk to Catherine because she posted a wonderful little article about how to survive. How to survive being quarantined with your kids during coronavirus or natural disaster. Uh, yeah. So we're going to dive right. We'll, we'll dive right into that. Um, I think first, and then my questions, my curiosity about you and your, your, um, your story and all that. We'll put that at the end. Does that sound okay? Sounds great. All right. Awesome. So there are massive numbers of school closures happening all across the country, and we're stuck at home with our kids, which many of us are not used to, or, you know, all the homeschoolers might be rolling their eyes at us, but this is, it's a lot of time for, you know, maybe one or two people to be home with a toddler, a five-year-old, and to kind of be stuck in the house and not be able to go to the, uh, the Natural History Museum or whatever, you know, you do. On, on other days. So what what do we do with uh, this sort of 24-7 exposure to our kids? How do, how are, what are some of the ways we can get through it, Catherine? So for me, honestly, the first thing is just a, uh, a mind shift. Things are going to be different. And we can't try and keep things the same uh, in all ways because we'll lose our mind because things are not the same. So there are going to be some things that we're going to be able to be more flexible with and um, more creative with. And there are going to be other things that we need to stay really strict with. So one thing I always recommend for keeping any kind of stability is to keep meal times and sleep times the same. So even if we throw everything out the window and things are all different, especially the younger kids, um, but honestly, even teens, the more we can keep um, their body rhythms to be the same, the easier the transition is. So you get a lot fewer meltdowns um, because people are overtired or not getting enough sleep or they're too hungry or they're, they're eating at wrong times. Um, so those are kind of my non-negotiables of... Um, when all craziness happens and everybody's stuck together, at least try and keep your routines the same um, mm-hmm. in terms of meals and everything. Otherwise, um, parents will be cooking meals, adding snacks all day, every day. Kids will be on different schedules. And um, that's okay for like a couple days, but it really starts to lose its charm after, um, you know, three or four days of everybody being together. Um, and getting enough sleep is so vital. Parents really underestimate what happens after two or three days of not getting enough sleep. Behavior really starts to change. There's a lot more um, anger, frustration, crying. So uh, those are the, just the first things to really consider. 
I would, I would add to that. Yeah. I mean that, that whole sense of like a, a rhythm, like kids need this sense of a rhythm and um, that some sense of predictability, right? This, this sense of, I know what's kind of happening in the world and they're sensing the unpredictability of this situation. And so for us to have these, some, some rhythm and some predictability, especially with these non-negotiables that the, they're like, um, they're like healthy boundaries that make them feel safe and they, they make us feel a little less crazy and they'll make your kids feel a little less crazy, a little more grounded. And, and I, yeah, I appreciate that. I, I, I love that first one. Thank you. Yeah. Some sense of normalcy, I think will definitely calm some people's anxieties, just even going through the motions um, for parents and kids can, can lower that for sure. Um, You know, uh, as far as school is concerned, you know, all homeschool parents will tell you this, but people who go to traditional school are not used to this. Kids can learn in at least half the time, if not less, what they're learning in school all day. When you have a classroom of 25 to 35 students, things have to go at a much slower pace. And there's also a lot of bathroom time, walking to the cafeteria, um, there's um, announcements, there's assemblies, there's a lot of things that happen in the day that can um, just add more time on. So parents don't need to think about filling education time for the same number of hours that kids would typically be in school. They can really focus on the academic part. What's the minimum I need for my kids to stay on track? And there's a lot of good ways to figure out what they need to do. I think some schools will be providing assignments and learning, Um, but everyone can look up the Common Core, even if your area doesn't use the Common Core, to get some idea of what the milestones will be for the end of the year. Um, Khan Academy is amazing. If people um, don't know about Khan Academy, it's this free resource um, for all ages and grades, and there's videos, and there's practice work, and it also keeps track of levels so um, parents can see where their kids are at. So there's a lot of ways for them to get what they need, but in a much shorter period of time. So for young kids, I say two to three hours. And for older, you know, middle and high school kids might be three to four hours of school a day. That's cool. Yeah. And Khan Academy is spelled K-H-A-N academy.org. And my kids have used it just to, just because they want to learn some things uh, about, um, you know, when I typed Khan Academy into my laptop here natural selection, Darwin and evolution came up. So Mike has been checking, <laughs> checking that out. Um, and Khan Academy has been, re- is a really, uh, a really, they, they do it in a very smart way. It's one of the, one of the best online teaching tools there is. So Khan Academy, um, and then the common core, when you say like one, so a parent could look up and say, okay, my second grader is doing, this in the common core and then maybe jump over to Khan Academy and, and look for that thing. Exactly. And it's so simple. You don't even have to like scroll through Khan Academy. You could Google Khan Academy and long division. I don't even know. They don't even call it long division anymore. They call it something else, but whatever kids call it, they know what it is. Just Google those two things and that lesson will come up. But I actually recommend that parents register their kids on Khan Academy because it'll keep track of your kid and what they've learned. And it will also give them, it can, there are assessment tests and tell them where they need to practice or what they know and don't know for a second grade level, let's say. So it kind of takes all the work out of it for you and it keeps track of things. Also for older kids, um, they have a lot of videos on um, complicated topics that they would really have need the, a teacher for. So it's, you know, reading it in the book is just not enough. There are a lot of videos And also you can connect your PSAT or your SAT and it'll tell you what you need to work on. So for kids that were going to um, test prep um, or planning for the SATs, um, the SATs for some people is Saturday, um, ACT is coming up. There's work that they can do online and it literally will connect to your actual test and tell you what you got right and wrong and what you need to work on. You know, some healthy skepticism in my life has served me well. And if you're like that, if you can spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from about a mile away, you read labels like it's your job, congratulations, you're a skeptic. And Ritual knows that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. 
I take Ritual's Essentials for Women 18 Plus every single day, morning and at lunch, and I am feeling great. I love this vitamin. Ritual's Essentials for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. Plus, Ritual Vitamins are vegan, non-GMO, project verified, gluten and major allergen-free, certified B Corp, and made traceable. They select lower carbon packaging, they prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients, and set ambitious climate goals. Plus, Ritual is a female-founded B Corp, which means they are responsible to the health of people and our planet. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash mindful. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash mindful for 25% off. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Wow. Wow. So this is great. And so for what about for the kids who are saying, wait a second, I don't have school. I don't want to do school. This, this is a recommendation that this is pretty, this is a, this is a good part of putting, putting this into the, scheduling this into the day is highly recommended by you. Yeah. So I think that parents will get a lot uh, less pushback if it's, again, part of a routine. That doesn't mean every now and then you can't, you know, have some flexibility, but as a general rule, have school from nine to 12 or have school right after lunch or whatever works for your family um, or break it up into two sessions if you have kids that are going to have a hard time um, sitting for a long period of time. Um, But make it a certain time every day so that all things turn off at that time. Kids know what to expect. And usually they'll give you some whining, complaining, and pushback in the beginning. But if parents actually do nothing else until that is done, kids will learn that there's no point in me arguing, just like they don't in school. Like they go through the motions in school because it's non-negotiable. And kids will do the same thing at home. Um, And the other thing to explain to kids is that if you don't learn school, you'll be going to summer school. Um, And that might be a reality for many kids anyway, if school is out for too long. Um, And so when kids sometimes think that there's no consequences, they don't have to learn, they're out of school, it's vacation, no big deal. Um, But if parents explain there actually are consequences, that there will be assessments and there there will be makeup days. Um, And so the more you do now, the less you might have to do later. Stay tuned for more Mindful Mama podcasts right after this break. Becoming a parent has totally changed my relationship with sleep. It is so, so vital because it helps us lower our reactivity. Getting enough sleep can help you become a better parent. Absolutely, I know this for sure. Sleep deprivation is something all parents know too well. Real restorative sleep is crucial to overall health, yet can be so elusive. That's why I'm so happy today's sponsor is Yoga Sleep, who has been making products for sleep for over 50 years and invented the Dome, the very first white noise machine. They know how to make trusted products that work. White noise is a natural approach to better sleep and relaxation. Yoga Sleep makes white noise machines for home, travel, and baby. 
their products are really very high quality and they also have the yoga bed mattresses and bedding and accessories. It's actually this whole one-stop shop for all things sleep related. And the dome is what my husband researched and found years ago for when Maggie was little because it uses soothing fan base sound and is the first of its kind. So if anyone in your family has ever tried white noise machines, you might know that it does help your family sleep sleep better. And the the Yoga Sleep has all these products that have even more sounds than the white noise machine. My family, my girls are fighting over the Wish, which has 16 sounds, which are wonderful. Um, and they've been using it to help them go to sleep. Yoga Sleep started in 1962 when their founder invented the original sound conditioner with a real fan inside. It's been loved by millions since. And the products are backed by a 101 night promise, meaning you can try them risk-free. And many of the sound machines are actually assembled at a North Carolina-based headquarters for the best possible sleep your family can get. Go to yogasleep.com slash hunter to save an exclusive 20% off a sound machine for natural sleep for the whole family. That's yogasleep.com slash hunter to get 20% off. yogasleep.com slash hunter. That's great, yeah. And, and as we hold those boundaries, we... I invite you, listener, to to just be really non-dramatic about it, really empathetic about it. You know, yeah, I know. This, everything's up in the air. It sucks. I get it. And yeah, we just have to do this, you know. First, we're going to do, first, we're going to do our school, and then we're going to do our screen time later. First, we're going to do our school, then we're going to do our screen time. Not, if you don't do this, you are not going to get any screen time, right? Because that's a threat. So instead, use that language of, you know, first we do this, then we do this and just make it as non-dramatic as possible. Or yeah. Do you have something to add to that? Catherine? Yeah. And not only, I agree with that. And not only that, um, find a way to reward and praise your kids when they do sit down. So put some things in place. You know, if you can, you know, sit down at the table and start your work by, um, between nine and nine Oh five, there's, um, you know, 10 minutes of screen time extra for you, or there's an ice cream, or we'll bake a cake later, or we'll watch a movie together, but find ways to, and it doesn't have to be all screen time. We'll take a bubble bath, you know, we'll, um, do a huge art project, whatever you can think of, but find ways to put in place some, um, rewards for your kids for actually sitting down and doing a good job. I think a lot of times parents jump to the discipline because, um, it just seems like, well, if they don't do it, I'm going to do this. But you don't even have to do that. If you set it up properly, like you said, empathize. This is a bummer. And there's a lot of disappointment. There's a lot of things that are canceled. And kids need to grieve and mourn that. And we need to give them space for that. Um, but at the same time, we have to have reasonable expectations at home. And so um, start with the homework and put some rewards in place for them if they do a good job, if they don't complain, if they get it done by a certain time, if they sit down at the table by a certain time, whatever the kind of bend in the routine for your kids, that's the part that you want to um, find a reward for them. All right. All right. Cool. And um, you talk about how being creative about how school gets done instead of just maybe jumping to, we're going to do Khan Academy every day, or we're going to do your math facts every day. You talk about showing documentaries, et cetera. So tell me a little bit more about that. So parents, I think, are panicked that they have to become teachers. And <laughs> um, I am a teacher. And, um, you know, that's not always the most comfortable thing to do at home with your own children. And so there are a lot of ways to learn, a lot of ways to get the point across to your kids about certain things that can be fun. You know, uh, the American Academy of Pediatrics obviously recommends limiting screen time, and so do I. However, in a snowstorm, in a hurricane, in a, you know, national crisis, we may have to relax the rules a little bit. And there's something very different about putting your kids in, you know, the back room and they're watching TV or they're on their screens all day, or you sitting and watching something with them and discussing a documentary, um, let's say about global um, climate change or um, global warming um, or about politics um, or about the justice system. Um, for little kids, there are a lot of really cool, um, even cartoons that may be appropriate. Um, maybe download an Audible um, 
book about, you know, something that's related to a topic they're learning in school or a book they were supposed to read in class and listen with them and then just talk about it. You know, you don't have to have a lesson plan. You don't have to be a teacher, but just get involved with them and think a little bit outside the box rather than just put the book in front of them, make their seat, you know, at the table and have them do it on their own or think that you have to be the actual teacher. There are lots of ways um, to kind of get that done. We talked about Khan Academy. Also Common Sense Media um, has really great suggestions for kids' ages on different topics. They have lots of lists that could be really helpful um, in terms of books and TV shows and movies uh, for all ages. And what's great about that is there are also comments about it and ex explanations about um, what's the content. So for example, something may be rated PG-13, but the thing is in there is um, bad words. And in your family, that's not a big deal. That's okay for you. In other families, maybe it's sex or drugs, and that's not a big, that's not okay. You don't want to expose your kids to that. So you would take that off the table. But it gives you so much information about uh, what's in each of those items. And it's so many recommendations that I think parents can find ways to get some education done um, while using screen time or reading books or, um, you know, listening to books. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, yeah, I, I would, I would put a plug in here for planet earth. One of the best <laughs> documentaries. Yeah. So, so beautiful. And there's another one that they did that same series. It was like all about under the ocean, which is like amazing. So, so, so those would be great. I have one that I'm loving now. It's called The Zoo. It's a TV show. Uh -huh. And um, I watch it with my son. He's 13 and we're both obsessed. There's one in the behind the scenes in the Bronx Zoo and there's one in the San Diego Zoo. And basically, I've never been a huge fan of zoos. I, I think I've misunderstood them a lot. Mm -hmm. But it really shows you all the care and the science and the... Um, um, uh, I don't know, biology that goes into caring for these animals. It talks about um, animals that are um, endangered and it is, there's um, reproduction. I can't even go into all the amazing things, but it's absolutely incredible. I highly recommend that's my new uh, one for parents and kids. Oh my gosh. I'm definitely going to have to watch that with my 10 year old. She is so into animals. We're together. We're reading Watership Down right now, but she is going to love the zoo. Great. Thank you. You'll have to so, let me know. <laughs> okay. I will let you know. I love that. I love that. So, and you also recommend in your article, breaking some of the rules, right? Like that we're, we're all together. We're in a small uh, house, you know, maybe have a, have, you say have a picnic and, and maybe don't bother cleaning it up. So some of us tend to feel worried about, um, you know, creating expectations and boundaries and, and limits and breaking those li rules because then our kids are going to whine and complain if we try to stretch and go back to normal. But these are a little bit unnormal, abnormal times, right? So tell right. me about this. So, you know, the thing is, we talked earlier about we can't break all the rules. We need to have some sense of normalcy, some sense of routine. But beyond the basic things we talked about, we have to lighten up a little bit for our own sanity um, and to preserve our relationships. And I think a lot of times parents think they have to do this. They have to educate all the time or they have to um, discipline all the time or they have to have order all the time. And that's exhausting for parents. And when we're in a time of stress, when we're stuck at home all together for who knows how long, that is going to build and build and build. And so one way to kind of break some of that is to loosen up and let go of some of what would be typical. So if kids are going to be home all day, every day, maybe some Lego projects get left out. Maybe a fort doesn't get put away. Uh, my kids, even still, my 13-year-old will build a fort and I just let it go. And I'm shocked at what goes on in that fort for days. It can be a lot of entertainment. Someone was asking me um, for advice on Facebook yesterday, and I recommended this time when um, we had a snowstorm for days in New York, and um, my kids unwrapped a wrapping paper roll. And I was not happy. Like, normally that would not be okay. 
they played with that for three days. I mean, it was a fort, it was a dress, they were swords. I mean, it was origami. It was absolutely amazing what my kids did. But if I was holding on so tight to what I typically would do and what the rules would normally be, that would never have happened. And not only that, a lot of negativity would have actually happened. So I think letting go of some of that um, will make parents actually feel better and will make them enjoy their time with their kids more. And you know, that's, that's the goal right now is to get through this in one piece. And also, you know, on some level, this can be a really special time at home with your family. There's very few distractions on the outside. We're stuck together. If you can do it right, this can actually be a bonding time for you and your kids. So that might mean breaking the rules. So um, maybe you typically limit sweets to just the weekends or occasionally. Maybe this is the time to like bust out all the ingredients and make like a three-layer cake with homemade icing and roses and you eat cake for dinner. Like, I don't know. Or you eat it every day for, you know, a dessert after every meal. Or, um, you know, you watch the British baking British, show. I was just going yeah. to say. Yeah, like... make croissants, you know. Yes. I mean, why not? You have the time and um, this is an activity and it'll make a mess, you know. And normally <laughs> there's no time for messes because we have to work and we have, you know, a lot of stress. And But some of that will go away. And if we can kind of dig into um, getting creative and doing things we might not normally do, this can actually be a really fun time. I love, I love the way you're talking about that, Catherine. And I would, I would add to everything you just said, which is amazing and beautiful that, you know, from a mindset point of view with this in the, from the mindfulness world, we have a thing that we call beginner's mind and you can bring, and I invite you to really practice to bring that to these situations and to this time. Notice to the extent where you're that you're anticipating difficulty or you're anticipating frustration and then see if you can instead come into the present moment just try to let go of some of that judgment and that you know we it's very natural that we all have a natural negativity bias that's that's just part of the part of the package for all of us part of our nervous system and but knowing that know that, you know, that negativity bias might make you start to look out for the problems. And instead, can you start to, you can think about it like inside your body, there's the the seeds of the negativity and the seeds of looking for the problems, but there's also the seeds of curiosity, the seeds of peace, the seeds of enjoyment. See if you can water these other seeds and bring this idea of beginner's mind or looking at your kids as if you've never met them before, as if you're really curious about who is this person right now, because the truth is those kids are different from when it, where they, who they were when they went to bed last night. So can you bring this idea of curiosity? And I love that idea that can, can you bring in the possibility that Catherine just so wisely suggested that this can be a really special time. So, so while you're planning for how to handle this time by listening to this and hanging here with us. Also think about, think about that mindset, bringing, bringing some curiosity, noticing the, the judgment that arises, the anticipation of difficulty that arises and just say, okay, make it, make a different choice. Yep. That's yeah. a great idea. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? 
play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Awesome. So uh, so we want to break some of the rules, but don't break all the rules, including bedtimes and, and kind of waking up time in general, meal times. What about... What about uh, what about cell phones and screen t- screen times? We want to maybe break the rules a little with screen times, but this might be some very, you know, family to family, I suppose. Stay tuned for more Mindful Mama podcast right after this break. This episode is sponsored by my new favorite subscription. It's called Causebox, and I need to tell you about it. Causebox is quarterly, four times a year, a subscription box that's curated by women for women and is filled with all sorts of amazing products and brands that are ethical, sustainable, and have a positive mission to give back and make the world better. Every Causebox is limited edition and comes with six to eight full-size products. You get everything from skincare to jewelry to homewares and accessories. The last four boxes sold out within days, which I can believe because you get over $250 worth of products for only $50. I got my own sample box, and here are just a few of the my favorite things that were in it. I've already been using this amazing duffel, duffel bag, which is so cute and has been gone with me to the Y, has pockets in just the right places. It has this bento box which you are going to love which i am so excited for my kids to use at their school it's very stylish very compact and neat and really really handy has this awesome beautiful pink uh like it's like a it's like a notebook holder thing i'm like i'm so stoked to go to my next conference so i can hold this because i'm gonna look so stylish with it has these amazing earrings i'm gonna it has a set of three i'm gonna share some with my daughters has skincare uh this this skin brightening cream and then it has this amazing wonderful wine tumbler that i am totally going to be rocking at the pool this summer And I didn't even mention it has this funky jade roller as well. So cool. Causebox also comes with a magazine that tells the story and the mission behind each product in the box. And but one of the best parts I was just getting was just getting this Causebox in the mail because they ship it to you for free, but you get to, it's this beautiful, beautiful box. Mine had all these flowers all over the box and you get to open it and feel like I got myself a surprise bundle of gifts. I'd get this for myself, I'd get it for my mom, my sister, my friends, it really is my new favorite subscription. The best part about it is, of course, is that I got my listeners an exclusive discount. So you can go to causebox.com slash mindfulmama and use the code mindfulmama to get your first box for 30% off. As in, you get your first box of over $250 worth of stuff for less than $39. So go check it out www.causebox.com slash mindfulmama and I will tell you firsthand that you are going to love it. Yeah, I mean, I think it is family to family, but I think you have to keep an eye on it because it's a slippery slope and um, the easiest thing is for everyone to kind of go in their own corners and be on their own screens. So it might be good to kind of have a little bit of a schedule, even a rough schedule where it's like all screens are off by eight or there's no screen time during these certain times. Um, for older kids, I have a very strict rule of no devices in the bedroom at night. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, there's so many reasons for this, but oh, yeah. no- nothing good is happening in the middle of the night and your kids are going to be on their, their devices while you're sleeping. And the kids are so clever now. They 
can hide that they're actually even on their devices. They're even in Google Docs texting with each other when parents take away, you know, all devices. So um, have it not in the bedrooms, have a shut off time, have it off during meals, including for parents, um, you know, uh, set some sort of boundary because uh, it'll get out of hand quickly. And one thing you mentioned earlier that I wanted to say um, about how things could kind of be difficult later to kind of pull back. And, you know, it's kind of like when a child is sick, like really, really sick down with the flu, we loosen up the rules because we have to, you know, they don't feel well. They're not going to want to do everything. Maybe they have five hours of screen time in a day because they can do nothing but lay on the couch. Um, We loosen things up. But as soon as they're well, we go right back to the way we had things. And I think parents can relax and loosen up some of the rules while this is happening, but know that they're going to have to have a firm pullback to where things were in a very strong fashion when they get you know, out of this situation and things will go back to it. But if you, you have to kind of know that that's going to happen and then you can let go a little bit of, but what about later? What about later will be like, detox. It'll be like a hard, um, on Monday, you know, whatever the date is, we are going back to our regular routine of X, Y, and Z. And it's not that hard if you follow it. Um, and you're firm about it, kids will, you know, go back to the way things were. So, you know, let them have a little bit more screen time, but also put in some, some restrictions. I love that advice. It's really about the middle path. Like, let's not go crazy, but let's, let's, Relax a little. Let's live a little. <laughs> and I and this other piece of advice that you offer it is so wonderful. And it's also the title of your book. Ignore it. <laughs> and I love I love that this is you named a book, ignoring it. So um, you talk about that sometimes it's better when we do nothing, when we ignore some poor behavior. And and I know some some of the listeners are going to be like, wait a second, what the heck are they talking about? So please tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. So it sounds very counterintuitive because as parents, we believe that the best way to help our kids is to get involved and to tell them how they should behave and um, to discipline and, you know, help change behavior. But uh, a lot of times what's happening is we're um, reinforcing bad behavior. We're giving it a lot of attention. We're negotiating. We're giving in half the time. And kids learn that this behavior, like whining, complaining, negotiating, tantruming, um, all gets a reaction. And the reaction can be, um, we give in. So we say no to dessert or we say no to a movie, but then they kind of needle us a little bit and they were like, okay. So we said no. Now we say yes. They learn that behavior is, it works. Um, sometimes uh, we say they have to eat their carrots and they say, can I just have two? And we say, have four. And they're like three. And we say, okay. So they know negotiating is very effective. I should do it more often. And sometimes they just want us to be angry. Like we say, no, you cannot have dessert or no, you cannot go to a friend's house. And they are very angry. And what they want from us is also to be angry. And so they act up, we get mad, we yell, we punish. And they're like, great, now we're both mad. Um, So a lot of times, any kind of reaction from us is reinforcing that behavior. Kids learn these are effective methods to get something that I want. So it's better to ignore it. and especially when you're cooped up at home with your kids for days on end, there's a lot of behavior to ignore. First of all, anything that's annoying, let it go. There's no point. Tapping pencils, sitting weirdly on the chair, making weird noises, being loud, um, being too silly, using baby talk. It's all annoying, but there's no benefit at all in saying anything about it. Just let it go. And the funny thing that happens to parents when they do ignore it they feel better instantly. The idea that we don't have to discipline everything, all of a sudden, it's like we feel lighter. We can look at our kids in a better light. We can enjoy them more. And to me, that is really the goal of this whole parenting gig is to enjoy our kids and come out of it at the end with an intact relationship. So ignoring a lot of the annoying stuff, a lot of the little stuff, a lot of the bad behavior strengthens the relationship almost immediately. But then even the better benefit is some of that behavior goes away. Because why would a child tantrum on the floor for dessert when it never comes? Like 10 times they did that whole tantrum thing and 10 times nothing came of it, they're going to give it up. 
They're going to work on rewards. They're going to work on better behavior. They're going to do something different, but they're not going to tantrum on the floor for the dessert because it's ineffective. Two-year-olds know this. Teens know this. Um, it's just natural. They know. So um, ignore some of that stuff and instead praise the good stuff, reward the good stuff. The things that you are not rewarding are also not getting repeated. So if you're not giving attention to them um, sitting nicely at the table for meals or for doing their homework or for being nice to a sister um, or for helping you clean up, if you're not actually giving attention to those things, those things will go away also. So we have to really like shift our focus and ignore some of the negative stuff because that will go away and really reinforce the good stuff that we want to see more often. Uh, saying thank you, like I do not want to empty the dishwasher or take my dog out. And so I make my kids do it. But every single time they do it, every single day, I say thank you to them. I want to reward them for doing something, even though um, it's, a, it's a chore, it's something they should be doing. I want to give them praise so that they feel good about doing it and they do it again the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciating and uh, highlighting, leaning into the good can, can never, we can't, can't ever really do enough of that. Um, you, so you also recommend uh, having some time where we, we separate, we have, we take some breaks, we go to everyone in their corner, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> so, cause we're all, we might all be in a one house. We might all be in one bedroom apartment. Who knows? You know, we have all kinds of situations that we're in and it just can be a lot of hours together. So, yeah. So just like they do, um, in summer camp, try to have, um, like a rest hour. Mm -hmm. Um, it could even be two hours. The older your kids, the longer this period can be, um, for younger kids, you know, maybe a half hour, an hour at a time, but maybe multiple times a day might be the right choice. Um, where everybody works independently on something. It could be a nap, it could be reading, it could be schoolwork, it could be um, for parents' work work, uh, it could be Lego, it could be playing, it could be really doing anything, but that for this next hour, we're going to be doing it on our own, and uh, you could set a timer, and then when it's over, we're all going to get together and do something fun together, but everybody's going to need that little bit of a break time to be alone, you know, especially parents who are um, sometimes used to being alone during the day, um, for people who are intro more introverted and they need a little bit more downtime. And for many kids, they don't ask for this kind of downtime, but they absolutely need a little bit of time to be disconnected from other people, um, from noise, uh, from demands, and to have a little bit of downtime. So schedule that in. And I, yes, 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 yes. We need, we need to you know, balance and take care of each other's needs. But I, we also, we want to make some demands of them. And I like how you included this you, in your article, Catherine, about you know bringing in some, um, having every member of the house help with the work of running the house. Yeah, mom and dad are gonna get pretty burnt out and exhausted if um, they don't plan for the workload that's happening. And so even toddlers can help set the table. They can clear the table. They can help put stuff in the laundry. Um, they can even, um, you know, older kids can do laundry, can fold laundry, can put it away, can do the dishes, uh, wipe down the counters, can even make meals. Um, try thinking um, ahead of time about making some kind of chore chart uh, or assigning details to everybody or even rotating meals. Okay, I'll be in charge of breakfast, you be in charge of lunches, um, whatever it may, may be. Um, have something put in place so it's not all falling on one person. Um, sometimes um, there are two parents in the household, but they're not equally involved in the day-to-day -day operations in the house. And there will be a lot of anger and resentment that will come if parents don't sit down and eat, at least between themselves and then divide up stuff among the kids, um, try and figure out who can do what ahead of time before it kind of all falls apart. Yes, yes, absolutely. And we just, just had a really powerful, wonderful conversation about that on the podcast uh, with episode, oops, where is it? Number 210 from March 3rd, how to make a more equal partnership with Katie Russler. And we talked about how to have those conversations with your partner. And really everything I talked about with Katie applies to your kids too. You know, she we talked about, we have, these are all the jobs 
this is how much time each of us has. How can we best divide up some of these things and taking the drama out of it and, uh, and just having some of these conversations. So yeah, that's great. And also, um, in how to raise an adult. Oh, I'm, I'm blanking on her name. Um, Julie Lithcott Haynes, she was also on the podcast. She talks about some chores that can you, your kids can do. And actually in her book, How to Raise an Adult, she has a whole list of chores that are appropriate for different ages. But my, my kids have done their own laundry since they were about eight. Kids are so much more capable than we give them credit for. They can do a lot. They can help out a lot. My 13-year-old is now going to be starting to take a meal on, a dinner on every week. So I'm excited about that. Uh, yeah. So so it sounds like we want to have, if schools are closed or if some extraordinary thing happens and we're all stuck at home and we're not used to it, there's a lot to, a lot to figure out. There's how to handle the time, how to handle our education, how to handle our rest, how to handle the chores, all these different things. And so it sounds like we need to have some conversations with everybody, maybe around the start of this, or if if this has already started for you and you're listening to this and realizing, oh, I should have had these conversations, gather everyone up and and have some conversations about how you want this to go and, and how everyone can get their needs met and also take care of all the needs of the house. Yeah, I, I recommend that the adults in the house get together first um, mm-hmm. and make a rough plan and then have a family meeting and have some things that are pretty non-negotiable, but also have some room where kids can say, I kind of think I would do better doing my homework in the afternoon, or I know myself, I want to do it in the morning, or could we do a movie night and also have screen time? Have there be conversation. It doesn't all have to be, you know, top down because um, have a little buy-in and then they're more likely to follow through. And um, also when you start something new and you make a change, there's definitely going to be pushback. There's gonna, the kids are going to see, can I get out of these chores? And again, if things are non-negotiable, if there is A, something like praise or reward set up for getting it done, and if it does not get done, there's a consequence, then um, kids will do it. You know, you don't have to answer why a million times. You don't have to beg. All you have to do is set up a reward if they do it. And if they don't do it, you put in a consequence. But having um, a meeting where it's kind of all laid out first and there's a plan can definitely help with getting the buy-in. And so one thing we didn't address here is exercise, time outside, things like that. You know, I had the question, I offered this, you know, I told my the tribe that I was talking to you and I offered questions in the groups and um, in the Facebook group. And we some people asked about, you know, if I'm in quarantine, if I'm in isolation, can I um, go outside my backyard? And that's an interesting question because it, it's it's different. You know, what if you do, if you have a dog, you have to walk. And it's interesting question because it's different. You know, my friend who is in isolation, I know she lives in um, an apartment building with an elevator <laughs> in Boston. So that's maybe, I don't, I'm not sure how she's going to walk her dog, but I imagine if you're home, you're in a maybe a single family house and you have your own backyard, you can go out there. But to me, and I just want to, and I'm not sure you have the absolute facts on this, Catherine, but maybe just an opinion. But to me, it seems like this time where we were saying no to the concert we were going to go to, and and I had to cancel my spring retreat or postpone it actually, and postpone a class I was teaching. It seems like being outside, going hiking, going biking, things like that are optimal activities. Like they're great because you're not, you know, within six feet of anybody. You're just walking in the woods. And it's a great way to just normalize life as you see this, for me, the spring birds and the different things popping up and coming back to life. So what are your thoughts on this? Honestly, I think it's going to be area to area. I think there are some places where it's going to be absolutely fine for people to go um, and take a hike and um, it may it be even inappropriate to get in the car with your own family members. Honestly, if some of your family members have potentially been exposed, you know, there may be people who have to even do social distancing within their own home. Oh, so yeah. I think it depends. And I also think it's what's viable. If you live in a city and you have a dog, then you're going to have to walk the dog. But 
um, or you need to run to the pharmacy, but you should practice distancing even while doing that, you know, as much as you can. If someone's in the elevator, say, maybe I'll take the next one or take the stairs. There's ways of still trying. Um, but I think the main idea is exercise, being outdoors is very good for the mental health. And there are going to be times right now where things are going to be difficult and we have to find ways to take care of ourselves. Uh, if you have a yard, you can be outside, utilize that. If you have a park that or a trail or a, I live by the beach, I think that's a great idea um, as long as it isn't quarantined um, and, you know, everyone's required to stay inside. And it's going to be different it's going to be different area to area. Um, but I think there's a lot of fun ways. Um, a trampoline is amazing. If you have it, that's an excellent exercise. Um, just dance is a family favorite. That is a lot of work. I'm sweating after even just a song. Um, and that is actually fun. So it's like, you're getting exercise, you're interacting with your kids and it's fun. So I think there's, uh, wait, wait, wait. Ways. Is, is just dance like a thing or is it, are you saying just dance? <gasps> no. Oh my gosh. Just dance is an actual thing. It's like a, um, it's a video game where you've probably seen it in like different arcades where it's oh, a song yeah, yeah. and you have to, it tells you what your arms and legs are supposed to be doing and you're competing <laughs> against somebody else. It's how my kids know like every like 70s song <laughs> and like all these crazy songs because um, it's on just dance. It is super fun. It is great exercise. Um, it's a great stress relief. I love that. I love that idea. That's so wonderful. So yeah, so you have to use your best judgment area to area. If you're able to get outside, do that, get outside. And I also invite you, dear listener, to, you know, if you're with your kids 24-7 alone in a house, it's basically a recipe for irritation and frustration, probably. So I and just invite you to not um not get mad at yourself if you're noticing those feelings like that's 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 kind of a you're kind of set up to to experience that but you can take care of those feelings and you as you notice frustration irritation annoyance those things arise label it say oh like i'm starting to feel irritated and when you say those words out loud a couple magic things happen as uh, Dan Siegel calls it, you name it to tame it and you it starts to you provide some relief just by naming it right there. But also it's a sign for you when you say it out loud to like go and take a breath, splash some water on your face, just take a breather away. Maybe even just looking out a window can be helpful for you. Uh, and, and, and also to, this is going to be a challenging time. So your, your needs are as important as your kids. So take take care of your own needs as well. Um, do you have anything to add to that, Catherine? Yeah, I I always think parents should give themselves a little bit of a break. I think we're very, very hard on ourselves. Oh, yeah. And to say, I didn't do this perfectly, but that's okay. And also, if you have a really bad moment or you have a really bad day, you can still have a restart. You know, you can still mm -hmm. say, that was bad. I overreacted. I'm really grumpy. I you know, whatever. We're all struggling here. Um, you know, let's do something fun. Let's do something different or wake up tomorrow and be like, I'm going to try again and just try and keep my anger or my frustration in, in a better place using some of the strategies that you, you mentioned. Um, and I also think in these really hard times, it can be helpful to think of one or two things that you are grateful for, because even in the mm. worst of times, thinking of just those little minute things, um, being able to be home with your kids, um, having enough food, having electricity and water, um, having a, a laugh, you know, whatever it is, um, just uh, even before bed or with or without your kids, having a moment of gratitude really can shift the way we're thinking about a really hard time. Uh, so give yourself a break, practice self-care. And uh, if it doesn't work out, try again. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. You can begin anew with, with every breath and, uh, and every moment. Yes. Yes. We can always, always begin anew. And I just want to remind you, dear listener, there are resources for you and your self-care on my website on mindfulmamamentor.com under resources. Uh, if you are not able to go to your favorite yoga class, I've got some free yoga for you. I've got guided meditations there. Uh, go check it out. There's a lot of great resources there. So, uh, Catherine, this has been awesome. You have brought a lot of wisdom and common sense and compassion to uh, to a time that is challenging for a lot of us. To we all this change has happened so rapidly, and it's a lot for us to wrap our heads around really quickly and 
learn about. Um, so I, I really appreciate um, your, your insight and your offering. And, and I really appreciate you com- coming on the Mindful Mama podcast so last minute to share this with everyone. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. It's been great. Even just hearing your voice, I feel more relaxed. <laughs> and I'm glad we had the chance to talk about all this stuff. So where can people um, find out more about you and the work you do? And and her book is called Ignore It. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, my website is called uh, The Family Coach. And um, on uh, Facebook and Twitter, I'm uh, at The Family Coach. And I have a lot of articles and resources on my website uh, for parents. And if you're struggling during this time, reach out to me. I'm happy to um, offer any advice I can during this time. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you. Thanks for, for coming on the podcast. And uh, I hope we get to connect soon again under happier circumstances, Catherine. Me too. Thank you so much for listening. I love Catherine and her down-to-earth approach. Yes, 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 the regular routines. Yes, breaking some rules. And and yes, to sharing the load. We got to get the kids kitchen to get those chores done. If you find yourself doing all the work, you find yourself doing all the things for everybody with everybody home and feeling overwhelmed, then you definitely, definitely should join me for the Unmartyr Yourself Challenge. That's over at mindfulmamamentor.com. We will talk about how to make time for yourself, how to speak your truth skillfully, and, uh, and you'll get the self-care assessment when you join up. That's at mindfulmamamentor.com slash unmartyr. But beyond that, this is a time to, to make your practices more a more important part of your life. This is a time for you to cultivate calm, to practice calm, to practice compassion. I really wanted to share with you this beautiful poem or piece that I read this morning as I practiced before my I practiced my meditation. I thought you would appreciate it. And this is from Thich Nhat Hanh. Love and compassion appear as selfless service. Yet in love, we do not serve the other. We serve us. Love's communication brings us together in a whole. Compassion does not see the world's pain and sorrow as other. It is shared. It is ours. When we allow our shared vulnerability and humanness, love and compassion are as natural as our breath, and without hesitation, we act to help. Compassion is a verb. I love that idea of, you know, this virus, this coronavirus has shown us clearly how interconnected our world is. Everything we do affects all of us. Our choices to go out and stay home affect all of us. But likewise, I want you to know that it really does affect all of us, your choice to practice peace, to practice to cultivate your own compassion, to practice to take care of yourself, and to practice to look for the good, to laugh, to look for what you're grateful for. All those things, as you practice peace in yourself, you truly do practice peace in the world. Um, I have one other quote for you that I'm going to share with you. This is from Chungyam Trungpa. Loving kindness gives birth to a natural compassion. The compassionate heart holds the pain and sorrow of our life and of all beings with mercy and tenderness. It is this tender heart that has the power to transform the world. So you must offer that compassion to yourself too. Please remember that, my friend. And I am wishing you um, peace this week. And if this podcast, if this episode was helpful, please do share it with your friends. Of course, subscribe to it, leave a review. That makes such a big difference. And uh, word of mouth sharing is the best. And uh, of course, say hello to me over at Instagram at Mindful Mama Mentor. And I wish you a beautiful week. I wish you peace. I wish you joy. And I will be back with you next week, my friend. Thank you so, so much for listening. Namaste. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly. 
your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking